Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tonight's six games highlight the ESPN Plus NHL schedule and we're featuring the 730 Eastern matchup between Connor McDavid and the Oilers, Dylan Larkin, and the Red Wings. Meanwhile, on planet Earth, uh, yesterday it was, it was Super Bowl media night, and these guys get some, some interesting questions sometimes. Nick Sirianni got one that uh, seemed as if it had an obvious answer. Listen to this. A must-win game. A must-win game? A must-win game. Yeah, yeah you know, we're, we're here to, you know, obviously to win the football game. That's our, that's our goal. So yes, on the must-win game. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Nick already, Nick already done with this. He's, he's already done with the credentials game. revoked. Oh, you can you on the spot. You can get credentials for that event. Trust me, yeah. are not oh, difficult to get. Uh, welcome back to Get Up. We are coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We got Foxworth, Nikovich, Tannenbaum, Legler, and we are talking football and we are talking basketball. With our game of the night, it was Clippers and Nets. Head coach Jock Vaughn of the Nets. First game since the Kyrie Irving trade. Kevin Durant not playing. He's watching from the sidelines. So so Cam Thomas decides he's going to have a big night. Tim Legler, third quarter, tied at 77. Here's Cam with the pull-up mid-range jumper. He showed you the whole toolkit. Mid-range, he got to the rim, pulling up in transition from deep. He had himself on night. That's a three. The Nets go into the fourth down just three, uh, largely because of Cam's efforts. And now they're down 108-107 with four and a half minutes left in the fourth. Another mid-range jumper and the foul. And doing this again, great defensive players. The Clippers have three legitimate big-time defensive players, and, and Cam Thomas did whatever he wanted. 47 points, second straight game with at least 40. But under three minutes to go, you see Kawhi Leonard spotting up from deep and hitting the three, and the Clippers are back on top. And Kawhi Leonard is back. He's been phenomenal here in this recent stretch, and as a result, the Clippers are climbing the ladder in the West. Under a minute to go, Clippers turn it over. Thomas, it's his night, right? Oh, he missed it. Leonard gets the rebound. He passes it to Reggie Jackson, who throws down the dunk. Clippers go on to win 124-116. And after the game, here's Jacques Vaughn talking about the Kyrie Irving trade. My interactions with, with Kai um, have always been positive. I enjoyed coaching him. I'll keep it that simple. We've had some ups and downs along the way. I've also seen him grow as an individual and be a better teammate than when I first met him. So for me, I'm always look at the good in people and want the good in people, and I want him to succeed. Speaking of ups and downs, uh, on Friday morning before Irving's trade request, the Nets had the second shortest odds to win the title behind only the Celtics. Now those odds have plummeted all the way to plus 2,000, which gives them the 11th shortest odds, according to Caesars Sportsbook. We are going to have a lot more with legs later in the hour, but we got to do some football because the Super Bowl is only five days away. It is featuring the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. In case you hadn't heard, the Chiefs had the most passing yards in the NFL this season, while the Eagles allowed the fewest. It is the third Super Bowl matchup between the top units in those categories. 
Also the third time ever that the top two teams in defensive sacks have met in the Super Bowl. Philly had 70 of them during the regular season. Kansas City had the next most with 55. And with Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes squaring off, this is the first Super Bowl to feature two black starting quarterbacks. Both of those players talked last night about the historic matchup. It's historic. Um, you know, I think the game has evolved and it's continuing to evolve before our eyes. You know, and that's a beautiful thing to see, to be a part of this history. It's a blessing. I have a lot of respect for the guys that came before me and laid the foundation. They gave me the position to be here. It's going to be a special game and a special moment for a lot of kids to watch as they grow up and try to, try to assume that role that we're trying to set the example for. This is about as close a matchup as it can be. The teams have identical win-loss records. They've scored the same number of points. They have the exact same number of all-pro selections. And our analytics are split right down the middle, giving each chance, each team, a 50% chance to win. So it can't end in a tie. That, that it's again, they'll just play overtime until somebody wins it. It is, after all, a must-win game, <laughs> uh, as we found out from Nick Sirianni. Uh, so uh, when we look at like, how teams can, can separate themselves in a close game like this, what's the biggest weakness that Patrick Mahomes can exploit in the Eagles? It's actually the Eagles' run defense. They're 24th in the league. They give up about 4.6 yards for carry. Now, Andy Reid is a very aggressive offensive coach, play caller. Him and Eric Bieniemy really try to push the ball down the field. It'll be interesting to see from a strategic standpoint, do they modify their approach this game because their matchup, they have a really good running back in Isaiah Pacheco, averages almost five yards a carry. As you mentioned earlier, Dan, they activated Clyde's Everett-Alaire, so they have a little bit more depth there. So from a strategy standpoint and a chess match, I'm really interested to see Will Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy modify themselves a little bit to exploit the one vulnerability of that Eagles defense, which is stopping the run? Yeah, I think the Eagles defense, uh, the stopping the run thing I understand, but they're really good at limiting big plays. So mm -hmm. I would find a way, if I was the, the Chiefs, to try to find a way to create big plays. And that way, I think, is using Travis Kelsey, Kelsey in the middle of the field. There hasn't been an answer for Travis Kelsey all season, and that's where Eagles are weakest in the passing game. They're number one in the league outside the numbers. They're number 26, I think, in the league, of the, in the league inside the numbers through passing attack. And that's where Travis Kelsey likes to work. So I think that's the way that they beat him. Yes, some running, but you're going to have to get big chunks against any NFL defense, especially one this good. What do you think? How do the Chiefs attack the Eagles? I think Clyde's, Clyde Zolaire, Edward Zolaire is a guy that, like, he, he, before his injury, he's a big screen guy. So hmm. when you have a physical, aggressive front that likes to get up the field and pass rush, the one way that you can really attack that is through the screen game. And Patrick Mahomes' ability to sidearm the ball and get it through the traffic, I think having a running back that you can run the screens through is really going to slow down the front. That's how you slow him down, screen game. Add him to Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, who had a big finish to the yep. season. They do have depth at that running back position. Let's flip it around. How do the Eagles take advantage of a Chiefs weakness? Well, I think it's the offensive tackle. Like, you know, if you go across the board here, the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs, they're solid in the middle. But on the outside, you know, Wiley's a, a, kind of a weak link there. So you have a great pass rusher. We know that the Eagles can get after the quarterback. Um, so, again, if you look at Redick and what he's been able to do, he's got 19 and a half sacks through the regular season and the playoffs, three and a half in the playoffs. You saw them last week against the 49ers. They game plan terrible. They had a, a, a backside tight end coming across to try and block the best pass rusher they have. So you have to make sure that you put your best pass rusher against the weak link, take advantage of that, 
Maybe you get a ball off him. We've seen in the Super Bowl in the past with the Eagles playing the Patriots. Mm -hmm. It was only one rush. You get the ball off somebody, you get a turnover, that's the game. Mike T, what do you think the Chiefs' biggest weakness is? Oh, it's their lack of experience on defense. It's remarkable how good they've been this year and how young they are. When you think about their secondary, Trent McDuffie's a first-round pick. Jalen Watson's a seventh-round pick. Josh Williams a fourth. Brian Cook's a second. And they've all played meaningful amounts of snaps this year. And when you're going against this very complicated Philadelphia Eagle offense and how great Jalen Hurts is at making decisions, zone reads, RPOs, it's going to put a lot of pressure on that Chiefs secondary. So they've played very well this year, but they are very inexperienced, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think one of the strengths of the Eagles team is their corners with Slay and Bradbury. Mm -hmm. And one of the weaknesses of the Chiefs team is like the receiver talent. It's not all that high. So I think that's the way the Eagles can attack them is leave those corners on an island, put more attention on the inside of the field to take away Kelsey and hope that your corners can stand up. I think the corners can play well in those positions. The question is Patrick Mahomes being able to buy time, which we think will be somewhat limited with his ankle. Buying time and man coverage is tough on the corners, but if he stays in the pocket, I think those corners will be fine. The other issue is that the Chiefs have a lot of injury problems at wide receiver, right? Yeah. Nicole Harbin not going to play. Kadarius Toney, Juju Smith-Schuster left the AFC Championship game with injuries. We'll obviously track their stat status excuse me, as the week goes along. But we want to stop with another AFC West team and uh, Denver because the Broncos introduced Sean Payton as their new head coach yesterday. Payton's going to coach Russell Wilson and hope to get more out of him than uh, Russell gave the Broncos in his first year. Peyton got a question yesterday at his news conference about the way things worked with Russell in Denver last year, and well, here's what he had to say. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach, Jake Keeves, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. How do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That, that's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. Right. <laughs> it's impressive the way he like uh, mastered the stain. Oh. Like you could you could see it, and he like tamped it down a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I think I agree with him. Generally, is you have coaches that you hire, and that's your team. If you want to get some special coaching outside of that, then you can do that. You don't need to integrate them into the staff. But I do think that it it does. We're gonna play it up, and everyone. The conversation is going to. Uh, make Russell feel like he's being alienated and, and isolated and kind of being treated like he's just another player, which uh, he oh, kind of... Yeah. Well, I mean, not getting paid like one. But look, no. obviously Always Russell hears that, but so does everyone else on the team, right? Yeah, that's uh, media training 101. It's not what you say, it's what people hear. And what was loud and clear, what, what he was saying is, I'm in charge, players and coaches, everybody else, get out. And that message was sent... To Russell Wilson and the rest of the locker room, like, there's a new sheriff in town. It's a new day. It's a new culture. And I think it probably goes over well in the locker room. I, I would get the sense that generally the players in the locker room are probably happy. That was the sense that I got last year is, like, they wanted someone who they felt like they can trust and who they can rely on and who's going to take control of the situation because it didn't feel like Nathaniel Hackett had control of it. And Russell was saying, let's ride, but not throwing touchdowns. Nico, how do you think that, this that, goes that for That team, Wilson? the whole team, they're yeah. in for a rude awakening. When, when Sean walks huh. in for that first team meeting, He's going to lay down the law. He's going to ex explain exactly what he wants. And if you you're not on board, right? yeah, he was, I was in his first draft class. So in 2006 with the Saints, drafted by Sean Payton. Um, Did he so, ever rip you? 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's a clip. I don't know if we could find it, but it's in the preseason. We can probably the Cowboys. And Sean Payton, I have a, a TFL, and I, I throw the running back, and I get a flag, 15 yards. I come off the field. He's screaming at me at the top of his lungs. You think you're worth 15 yards? I said, no. <laughs> no, no. He's like, you're not. You're not. And I just think back to that time. Wow, was it wild? Because at the time, Sean Payton came in to create a winning culture in a losing environment with, with, with the Saints. They hadn't done anything. Yeah. So he came in there, and he changed everything. He changed the attitude. And when you were there sitting for that first meeting, you knew, okay, this is, this is about to get serious. I was, we were at Jackson, Mississippi at Millsaps College. It was serious. I, I, Seriously I, hot, too. I think I speak for everyone here when I say <laughs> we hot. all think you're worth at least 15. No, I was not. No, absolutely. Maybe not as a rookie as a now. But now draft pick rookie, like you're not worth anything. I mean, 50 yards in preseason, I think you're worth 15 preseason. <laughs> 15 preseason. <laughs> that was just mean. Show. I mean, Nico was the headlines, but the other guy they brought in was some guy named Drew Brees, and oh, that worked out good. really well between Drew Brees and Sean Payton, and I'm sure that the Denver Bronco organization is sitting there saying if there's anybody on the planet that can fix Russell right. Wilson, it has to be this guy. Why? Because you see similarities? I do. They're both height-deficient quarterbacks, and Sean did a great job <laughs> uh, of, of having a firm pocket for Drew Brees, and that's what Russell Wilson needs. He needs a firm pocket. He's not a big guy. Nick, you said last hour, his skills have diminished, so now you're short, you're slow, you need a oh, really good offensive geez. line. Ruthless. We go by what we see. Height deficient, speed deficient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, I like the idea of Sean Payton coming in there to help them offensively, and I think you nailed it. The most important thing is to improve the offensive line. Everyone gets better when they're protected and they feel safe, they feel comfortable. But giving uh, Russell quick options to make quick decisions, get rid of the ball, I think will help him a lot as long as he buys into it. And then if they get in tough situations, I think he still has the athleticism to make some of the kind of scrambly, off unscripted plays work every now and then, but it felt like last year he didn't feel comfortable with very with any of his throws, and it just felt like a, a disjointed offense. And I think Sean Payton's going to be capable of bringing in something a little smooth. I think they're going to do quick. a great job. Yeah. Uh, the reports are they hired Zach Streif, uh, the former. He was in the draft class in 2006 with me. So did he have any personal foul calls? What's that? Did, did he have any personal foul calls? No, I don't think he did. <laughs> he worth 15 yards. A couple holding calls. I know Zach really well. Drew Brees was worth 15 yards. Brees, yeah. Well, in the preseason that year, he didn't throw a pass till the regular oh. season. We were all oh, looking around like, is, is this is this okay? Not throwing a ball. He would point. I'm going there. Oh, because the there. shoulder. That's his yeah. shoulder. He I'll bet point. you Russell Wilson throws some preseason passes. Yeah, I, think, I think we we'll will see. see that. We come back. We have much more to get to on Get Up, including the King's speech. Is LeBron really annoyed that the Lakers didn't get Kyrie? And does he have the right to be? We'll talk about that when we come back. Plus, the question about Dak Prescott that fired up the playmaker, Michael Irvin. Yes, unusual circumstances. Something got Michael Irvin fired up. And you're going to want to hear and see what that looks what that was when we come back. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all 
all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. After another disappointing ending to a Dallas Cowboys season, there are fresh questions about uh, Dak Prescott's future and whether the Cowboys should extend his contract this offseason. Got two years left on his deal. Michael Irvin had thoughts. <laughs> I don't want everybody out here to fall into this mix and this mess that y'all perpetuate where everybody's coming in like, you got to get rid of Dak. You got to get rid of Dak. And leave us sitting somewhere in purgatory, somewhere between heaven and hell without a quarterback for the next 15 years so y'all can stop this rhetoric and stop this mess because your virus will not get into our computer and get us out of the it fight. Already has. Stay in the fight. I don't know what he's saying. It doesn't matter. I believe. I'm on board. I don't I will vote for him for anything. Especially Dak Prescott. So yes. Mike Irvin, yes. Purgatory. He's out there in Phoenix. Looks nice. Looks nice. Heaven. Heaven and hell. Anyway, it's great. We're just gonna keep playing that over and over again. Yeah, the rest of the day. I can do but in the meantime, look, we asked this last hour, like, should the Cowboys extend Dak Prescott? You guys all said yes. So we don't want to go back over that because it's not interesting when everybody agrees. Mm. So what is the one thing that the Cowboys need to do to help Dak this offseason? Yeah, I think that the situation in the backfield is concerning. Uh, he needs a running back that is versatile, and they had one in Tony Pollard. He's a free agent, and he has a broken foot right now. So I think addressing that, if it's re-signing him and nursing him back to health or finding some other explosive weapon, obviously it'd be nice to have Ezekiel Elliott back to uh, rookie contract Ezekiel Elliott, but they don't have a time machine. So I think... They're going to have him on the roster, it appears, but they need to add somebody else, either a healthy Pollard or some other young, um, explosive, pass-catching running back. Yeah, Pollard, a free agent. Zeke's got a big cap number that would have to come down in order to keep him. So potentially big changes on uh, at that position for the Cowboys. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I'm going pass pro. So I'm going to go over the last three years and tell you where they rank as far as pass protection. In 2022, there were 28. That's not good. In 2021, they were 23rd. And in 2020, they were 26th. So I don't care who you are. You could be Tom Brady. If you don't have protection, you're in trouble. And we've seen that. You saw Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But he didn't have a great offensive line. He got abused. And what did they do in the offseason? They made it a point to go out. They went and got Joe Tooney. They tried to shore up that offensive line so you could give your quarterback the best opportunity to go out there 
in Excel. So number one, go get pass pro. They have shown the ability to prioritize that offensive line uh, in the draft in years past. So maybe they do that. If you're the GM of the Cowboys, uh, which congratulations, you're also their owner. Um, <laughs> what, what's the biggest thing you're working on to help Dak this offseason? Getting a frontline number one receiver, guys. When they lost Amari Cooper, they lost a lot. This is an offense that has a bunch of really good complementary parts. I really like C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz. Michael Gallup really showed that he's really more of a two. Um, so if you could go out, Michael Thomas of the Saints, he's someone that at one point was a great receiver, guys. He needs a change of scenery. I think Michael Thomas comes in and makes all those other pieces, Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, a lot better. And I think that would help Dak a lot. So you think a veteran, like a Michael, like because there's not a lot on that wide receiver market by yeah. all accounts, right? And, and look, you're going to take a chance. It's going to be like someone like him who needs you know, a fresh start, someone like OBJ coming off of another big injury. But they need another frontline receiver. Yeah, we'll see what happens. They could trade for D-Hop, too. That's a DeAndre Hopkins certainly potentially available. We talked about the Bengals' issues. What if T. Higgins or somebody like that becomes available if a team isn't going to sign him? Some interesting possibilities uh, for the Cowboys. But uh, now it is time for the uh, verbal tightrope that is zero Fox <laughs> given. <laughs> this is what Dominique Foxworth tells us about people who we really just don't care too much what others think about what they're doing. Uh, it's called Zero Fox Given. You see the fancy graphic here with Dominique in his little fox suit. <laughs> yeah, let's let's start it with, speaking of fox suits, yeah, who's, who you the, got? the coolest guy in the NBA right now, Kyle Kuzma. Like his, I mean, I'm not cool enough to know whether these fits are cool well, or not, but I, I mean, I feel it. What's this a little black Michelin man we got going here? Airbag sheet. I, I mess with it. It's cool. Like in, it off. in case you accidentally fall in a pool, like on your way to the facility, you're good, right? Maybe the bus. Oh, I this, like though, this one. This is if Rainbow Bright fell on some hard times and had to become a stick-up kid. <laughs> This is what she would look like. And that, I actually do think that looks really good. Like, I couldn't pull it off because I'll be 40 next month and I'm too old to right. do stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, if I was, like, 22, I also wouldn't be able to pull it off. But I would look at other people and say, damn, that dude is cool right there. Rainbow bright <laughs> falling on hard times. Yeah, she had to hit people up. What else you got? How about, wait, 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 did you watch the Pro Bowl? The, oh. pro, the pro Bowl? The how flag how could you miss the Pro Bowl? Yeah. I love the Pro Bowl. And I, I love the intensity that we saw in this game. And the cornerbacks they don't know how to turn it off check out my man Jalen Ramsey it's the Pro Bowl it's flag oh oh I'm gonna finish Tyreek Hill because the, it's not the game's on the line that's a legal play it was unintentional it looked like he was it doesn't look like he's pulling up but it looks like he wants you to think he's pulling well then then he's done a good job <laughs> from years of, of making pass interference not look like pass interference well done Jalen Ramsey oh yeah I guess that's an art there all right <laughs> we are going to your favorite sport What's for the that? last one I hockey that's the rangers captain jacob trouba oh, oh. wow Have mercy talk about hits and then not only does he lay somebody out he takes another teammate and gives him a knuckle sandwich several of them wins the fight lays somebody out dick knight trading lane style oh. helmet goes flying that's scary you know, we can laugh about it because his head didn't hit the ice you know you know what would have helped Kadri there is that that jacket that Kyle Kuzma <laughs> was wearing. You take a hit like that, and you're all you're all protected in all the right places. So maybe maybe Kuzma's onto something. What, maybe that'd be good for. What hockey. do I have to get you in order to get you to wear the Kuzma Rainbow Bright outfit? Like, is there? I can a, put that on. I would rock that. Oh, okay. Well, it's a, yeah. Bring it in next week. <laughs> I'm, I'll I'll do it. I'll roll in here with it.
<laughs> what do I got to lose? I don't not know. That one. Not, not that, that one. one. Not that not one. That we got to go rainbow bright. That. We're talking about the other one. No shirt on, on underneath, the abs and everything showing in the full rainbow crochet ski mask. You can pull that off. Well, you know what I you know what I don't know is where to buy that. Yeah, I'm sure that is too expensive for any of us to yeah, buy. Yeah, but I mean, like, if, if, we, if we're going to use it on air, we expense it. Like, Disney oh, can certainly yeah. play that out. Like, it, right. it would be worth it for the bit. There's no Make question. Make it happen, Allie. Get, get that next week. You know who might know where to buy it? LeBron James. Man. And when we come back, Transition. we are going to talk about LeBron James, possibly about to make history tonight. What would the scoring record mean for LeBron's legacy? We will discuss that when we come back. Plus, the end of an error in Brooklyn. Does Kyrie's departure signal the end of super teams in the NBA? We will ask that question next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on Get Up, time to run the floor with Steph Curry sidelined by a leg injury. Clay Thompson had a season-high 12 three-pointers, finished with 42 points as the Warriors beat the Thunder 141 to 114. Thompson now has eight games with 10 or more three-pointers, second in NBA history behind Curry's 22. In Brooklyn, the Nets' first game since Kyrie Irving was traded, his replacement had a career night. Cam Thomas finished with 47 points. But it was not enough. The Clippers behind Paul George rallied late to win 124-116. As for Kyrie Irving, he was spotted in Dallas yesterday, leaving the Mavericks practice facility. Today, Irving is expected to practice with the team, and tomorrow he is expected to make his Mavericks debut against the Clippers on ESPN. Meanwhile, tonight, LeBron James can break the NBA's all-time scoring record as the Lakers host the Thunder. LeBron needs 36 points to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yesterday, our Michael Wilbon asked LeBron what that record would mean. I've never said I wanted to lead the league in scoring or for sure never said I wanted to be the all-time leader in scoring. I've never, (laughs) that's never been like a dream of mine and to sit here and actually be on the brink of it happening. This is pretty, it's pretty crazy. For me to be in the company with such a, a prominent, dominant force like Kareem was, it's an honor. You've probably imagined it a million times now lately anyway. What, what's the, what does it look like when you put it through the basket to, break, to pass Kareem? I don't want to do it on a free throw, so hopefully I can get a nice layup or, or my signature dunk in transition or a fadeaway. You know, I don't know, but a free throw feel like it's cheating the process. 
It's fun that he's thought that much about it. What a cool position to be in. we got Tim Legler back with us and Jalen Rose uh, joining us. We know, Jalen, from what uh, he said, what this record means to him. When you look at LeBron as an observer uh, of the game, what does the record mean in terms of his legacy? Well, it puts LeBron in the category of definitely being the most versatile player of this generation. Wilt Chamberlain is the only person to ever lead the league in scoring rebounding and assists and the big O had the triple double record for so very long but LeBron James when you not only are breaking the all-time scoring record but your top four in assists of all time he is the definition of positionless basketball he embodies taking care of your body being in shape being a professional showing up to work every night and delivering consistently as a champion, as a leader, and as somebody that you now put in the conversation of greatest players of all time. So this is an amazing feat for LeBron. It's not going to happen tonight, though. He understands theater. And the great Michael Wilbon, I don't know if he asked him this, but he ain't breaking the record tonight. He going to break the record Thursday when they play against the Bucks when it's on TNT, and he knows the stage is set. It's going to be interesting to see if he gets around 25 or 30, if he starts to look to pass a little more versus looking to shoot. Don't bet again, Don't bet for him to break the record tonight. Yeah, that is interesting because they, I mean, they do have to win these games, right? So if that's what's required, yeah. then maybe. But you're right, maybe he does a little more shot creation. So few things in sports and this world live up to the hype. This is a player whose high school games were on television before that was a thing, and he has become everything that he was expected to be. How do you put this in perspective? Yeah, look, LeBron obviously has been a polarizing figure throughout his career, but no matter how you feel about LeBron James, what you just said is so true. He's the most hyped player in the history of the league coming into the league, and he lived up to it. The pressure will will crack most people coming in with those kind of expectations. He lived up to it, and for me, When you talk about him as a scorer, well, a few things have to happen. First, you have to have a long career where you're available just about every night. You don't have any career-altering major injuries, so he avoided that. Mm -hmm. And you got to be incredibly consistent. Now, the thing about LeBron, he'll always say, well, I'm I'm a reluctant scorer. I always consider myself a facilitator first. And that might be true. But when you go back and look throughout his career, the one thing he was always able to do was turn it up whenever he needed to to give his team an opportunity to win by being an elite-level scorer. And I think ultimately – After you talk about his finals accomplishments, because that will always be the first thing, in my mind, it comes up. Four rings and ten appearances. That's the first thing you're going to say about LeBron. This will be the next thing on the list. The all-time leading scorer in the history of the league. And by the way, Jalen made a great point. When he cracked the top five in assists, look at the scoring totals of those players. He more than doubled them up as a scorer while getting into the same company as a facilitator. Truly remarkable. For me, this is the second greatest player of all time, and, and I think he's the only guy that has a legitimate debate, if you want to, with MJ. But for me, it will always be MJ, but I think at least he's getting to that conversation. Absolutely astounding career that, that is continuing uh, at, a, at a pretty remarkable pace the way he's playing uh, this year. He was also in the news this week because the Lakers were in on the Kyrie Irving trade, did not get him. He ends up going to the Mavericks, as we mentioned, and Michael Wilbon asked LeBron about that in the interview. Listen to this. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win championships in my, in my mind, in my eyes. 
But my focus is shifted now. Um, my focus is shifted back to where it should be, and that's this, that's this club now and what we have in the locker room. That's and the guys a quick that's pivot, going, LeBron. It's a quick pivot. Quick pivot. It don't take me long. It don't take me long. All right, so Jalen, obviously he wanted to get Kyrie. This is as good a player as you could possibly get at this trade deadline in terms of talent. They don't get him. Where do LeBron and the Lakers go from here? Legs, and you know this. Let me tell you from somebody that's been traded 150 times. When the Nets realize that Kyrie Irving wants to get traded, their goal ain't to trade him to his desired destination. I always thought it was laughable when people thought, that he would end up with the Lakers. I'm pretty sure when they looked down at their phone and they saw 310-323-213, they got sent to voicemail. <laughs> That's why he ended up in Dallas. Because ultimately, if you're the Nets, you're not in the business of trying to put Kyrie Irving in position to be on the largest stage to win a championship this year after he just demanded a trade. And another thing, for the Boston Celtics, they would be foolish to trade Jalen Brown at this point of his career and break up Jason Tatum in that, that, that duel that a lot of people have been clamoring for them to do the last few years for some odd reason for Kevin Durant at this point of his career. I'm no fool. I know how dominant and great KD is. But at his age, he's dealt with some injuries these last couple of years. You don't trade Jalen Brown for him if you're the Celtics. And so what's next for LeBron is to break the scoring record, continue to be dominant. They added Rui Hachimura. Hopefully AD can stay healthy. The Lakers are in position to upset a top seed. Look at the top of the Western Conference. Teams like Memphis, a squad like the Kings. If the Lakers were playing against them in the first round as a six or a seven seed, I would pick the Lakers to actually win that series. I don't think they're going to win it all this year, but I think the Lakers have put themselves in position to advance in the playoffs. What do you think, Tim? Can this Laker team make noise? Uh, I think they can. They're going to be dangerous. But when I look at the Western Conference, Jalen's right. This is the craziest year I've seen because you look at the teams that are lurking. Below, beneath the surface. Right? We know about Memphis and Denver. They've been the two best teams in the West all year. Sacramento's been a great story. But look at teams like Golden State, the Dallas Mavericks, who are basically 500, just added Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. They've got Luka Doncic already. The Phoenix Suns are about to get Devin Booker back and might make a big splash at the trading deadline. The Lakers and the Clippers, who were sub-500 for a long time. So you've got five teams lurking to take on those top three seeds in the Western Conference. And there's going to be some very interesting predictions that are going to be made yeah. when we finally have those first-round matchups because some of these teams clearly are going to be favored as a road underdog going in. Lots to still be sorted out in the Western Conference uh, the rest of this season. You know, guys, uh, Stephen A. Smith was in here yesterday talking about the Kyrie Irving trade, and one of the things he brought up was, was an, a, a potential effect of this deal uh, that, that I haven't heard mentioned anywhere else. Listen to what he had to say. When you see what transpired in Brooklyn, that was a message to owners and executives everywhere. You maintain control. Don't hand over the keys to the franchise to players because this is what it can end up being. 
So I, I found that interesting, and I wanted to bring Dominique in because he served. Uh, with you know, the, I was going to hate that. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I knew how he'd feel about it. He served at the NBPA as well as the NFLPA. So a lot of a lot of perspective on this from the players. That do, do you agree with what he's saying? Of course not. I mean, so like the it's it's the only way that some teams have to compete, and there are plenty of owners and general managers who are not players who do a horrible job. And you're looking back on the Kyrie situation as a bit of an aberration. What happened with Kyrie? Suggesting that Kyrie um, linking tweets to anti-Semitic tropes is the reason why you can't give uh, players control. Like, I think that's unlikely to happen again with another player. But after all, the point is, when the players have the power, they have the ability to build these type of good teams. There's not a GM in the league that wouldn't have taken those three guys. And it's not like when they were healthy, they weren't like far and away a real competitor. So, like, we've seen it work. When players have power, we've seen it work as far back as Magic Johnson getting Westhead fired and as recently as LeBron James winning a championship in L.A. So, like, I don't know. I think some people uh, are uncomfortable with the players having power and whenever they do, whenever there's something that gives them an opportunity to pounce on the players and say, like, oh, this is why you can't do that, then they do that. And obviously, Stephen A. knows basketball as well as anyone. But I, I mean, I'm biased. Players deserve the power because they are the value in this game. What do you think, Jalen? I mean, when you look at what happened and how wrong it went in Brooklyn, do you think teams will look at this differently? I believe a lot like what Dominique said. As long as players have one thing, guaranteed contracts, Mm. that's going to give them the power. And another thing that already happened is that fans – organizations and the media accepted that players don't need to play 82 games every night. Legs, you remember the days where back-to-backs were normal and long road trips actually happened and then players were required to play in the game and then practice (laughs) the next day? Once that started to happen and players realized that I can play 65 to 70 games and play five or ten more years and and make some extra coin without playing the 82-game schedule, that's what changed it for the players. And lastly, player empowerment and or super teams happen when superstars exist. There aren't many superstars in today's game. Mm. And so, therefore, there can't be that level of trying to join up because that rookie deal is so hefty. If you notice... Usually a player now, because Adam Silver did a terrific job of changing this rule, after their rookie deal, normally you're staying with that team because you don't want to take the kind of haircut financially. So player empowerment in the NBA is here to stay. Dominique, the NFL logo is a shield. The NBA logo is a player. I think Jerry yeah, West, and that, that's, that's what a, it's going to be. That's a, that's a great point, and I think you brought up something earlier, too, about the contracts. And once you have a salary cap mm-hmm. in NBA, which they have now, and also you have max contracts, then you don't, you don't have the power at that point. Because if you want to control a player, you pay them as much money as you can, and then they will not have the leverage. Right now, they get paid the same thing no matter where they go. So then they're going to use that to say, all right, well, there's no difference if I go here or there. All right, I'll go here where I can have the power. So if they want the power back, remove the salary cap, eliminate the guaranteed or the, the max contracts, and then you can pay a dude $200 million and they won't complain about who you bring in or, or, or leave out. No group of players has ever had more power in a team sport than NBA yeah. players do right now. And they worked a long time and very hard to get that. You're not just going to relent now and give it back. So the owners might want certain things. 
wrestling it out of their hands is going to be an impossible task. In addition to the guaranteed contracts, by the way, there's another thing that makes all this possible to have this much power. Star players change their address more than they ever have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The movement around a league and guys' willingness to leave their teams exists at a higher level than ever. That creates leverage on the part of the player to pacify them and give them what they want. So player empowerment isn't going anywhere. Yeah, so everybody here disagrees with Stephen A. on that. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, you know, the Kyrie Irving trade, I'm sure, shook up the nets uh, if nobody if nobody else. They would else. do it all over again, though. If we went back Nick. to before, uh, yeah, to have those three superstars <laughs> on one team, all the teams in the league are looking for three superstars to get them, and they would take the chance that it would go bad because that's how you win a championship. You know who might be looking for some superstars to play with? Transition. Aaron Rodgers. Well and done. And when we come back, the stars aligned for Aaron as his offseason took a fascinating turn. Did you see what he did yesterday? We will talk about it next, but first... It's sneaky hembo time, and this one is for Dominique. Who is the only quarterback to lose two Super Bowls before turning 28 years old? Dominique's going to think about that, and he's going to answer it when we come back. Back on Get Up, and it is sneaky hembo time for Dominique. Who is the only quarterback? If Patrick Mahomes loses, he'll have lost two Super Bowls before turning 28. Someone else did that already. Who was it? Uh, I'm thinking that I know Dan Marino went to one as one. a rookie but never went back. Jim Kelly went to a bunch, but he was old. I'm leaning John L. Way dunk time hembo. John Elway is the correct answer. <laughs> and Dominique is happy that he got it right. You know what, Hembo? Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. The stars were not aligned for Hembo today, and that brings us to our next point, which is, uh, <laughs> meanwhile on planet, yeah, back to back, right? It was back to back, lost to the Giants and then lost to Washington. Anyway, meanwhile on planet Earth, and in today's version of uh, NFL offseason Mad Libs, Aaron Rodgers spoke at an astrology <laughs> seminar uh, on Monday. Yes, uh, an astrology seminar, and you see here uh, a little bit of a syllabus uh, for the astrology <laughs> seminar there, you, what you're learning about your birth chart and how to be happy and comfortable in your own skin, as all of us here are all the time. Uh, we don't need to help. But here's Aaron Rodgers talking about his birth chart, um, stuff that, you know, you just wouldn't you wouldn't expect to have on a, on a sports talk show in the morning. But Aaron is the gift that keeps on giving. So uh, I, I don't know. What, any I'm thoughts? Surprised, any thoughts man. on the astrology? I, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. If I had to pick someone, it would be Aaron Rodgers. But oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy for him. Like, I think a lot of people find meaning and comfort and confidence in a bunch of different places sure. that are much more crazy than astrology. It don't work for me, but if it works for Aaron, hey, he seems happier than he's ever been. I had an astrology class in college. <laughs> it was 7 to 10 at night after football practice. I don't remember much. <laughs> but, but you got an A. What's that? Well, you probably got an A, right? Yeah, my yeah, I got a, I got a astronomy? A plus, a plus. No, not astronomy. Okay, astrology. Right, astrology. Yeah, they teach astrology. Like college? the signs of the zodiac. Yeah, junior, junior college. They that was. Oh. <laughs> oh. I was like uh, Purdue. <laughs> no, junior college. You can oh do gosh, that's outstanding. What yes. are, we, are we supposed to be talking about? Yeah, yes. Roger, yes. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Like, like one day a week. <laughs> Once a he plus. gets all his uh, the his horoscope uh, sorted out. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has a decision to make, and he's talked about this, right? Does he want to play? Does he want to play for the Packers? Uh, the Packers are waiting for an answer. There's been some discussion about potential trades. H how do the next couple weeks look for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Well, they got to get everything sorted out. And again, I would create a sense of urgency if I was the Packers to say, hey, we need to know if you're in or if you're out. 
If you're in, it's $60 million. We've already agreed on that. If you want to be traded, we got to get this sorted out. That's really in your best interest, but it's in our best interest because we're going to move forward with Jordan Love, and we have to construct a team accordingly, knowing that you and your salary won't be here. So it's a three-party transaction. It's a little bit unusual in terms of if he says, I want the Raiders and the Jets offer more, that's going to be an issue. If he wants to go to the Jets and the Raiders offer more, there's a lot to sort through here. So it's not like in the past, Dan, where it was like, do I play or not play? If he goes someplace else, it gets more complicated. A lot, like you said, there's a lot going on. Does he want to continue to play? Does he want to retire? Do they want him back? Does he want to go back there? My question to you, Rob Nikovich, is should he want to go back there? Is that his best chance to win that second Super Bowl he's looking for? No, I don't think it's his best mm. chance wow. to win the Super Bowl. I think that with the defense, and the last time that Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl, he had a top-five defense. Right. I don't know if the Packers are a top-five defense. I, I mean, they had high aspirations last they year did. to be a good defense, but they weren't what we expected them to be. Um, and then you look at just the time that he's been there. Sometimes you just, if you're in a location too long, it's just you need a fresh start. And maybe that fresh start would help him kind of reinvigorate that, that winning spirit. They have the talent to be a top five defense, and they have the talent, I think, to win a championship. And I think on paper, I think it's obvious to me that staying in the NFC and staying with the Packers NFC. is his best chance to getting the Super Bowl. Not having to deal with those AFC quarterbacks mm. and those powers over there would be his best chance. But if Rob's right that sometimes you just need a change, then Green Bay is not the place. For him. But if you go to the other side of the ball, guys, I got this from Hembo. If you look at their offensive production by month, in September it was 16 points, October 19, November 22, and by the end of the season it was 27 points per game. And what I would be saying to Aaron Rodgers is when we drafted those young receivers, it wasn't just for 2022. This is your best chance to be successful for not only 23, but through the end of your career. So you're saying what? Being that offseason program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike hasn't brought that up before. I think it's against the rules for them to tell him to go to the offseason yeah, program. Apparently, you know, it is, it that's is. what Neek negotiated the CBA. That's what Neek negotiated. Because of welcome. Dominique, that is against the rules. And welcome Packers fans and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's our next ACC-SEC Super Tuesday doubleheader. It is at 7 Eastern tonight. North Carolina taking on Wake Forest. Then Oscar Shibwe and Kentucky host Arkansas at Rupp Arena. That is tonight. We still have more to do here on Get Up, but when we are finished, first take is coming up next. No Kyrie in L.A., so where do the Lakers go from here? Plus, how good will the Mavericks be with Kyrie? It is first take at the top of the hour. <laughs> 